trade deadline has brought Jaden Springer to the Celtics along with Xavier Tillman. We'll talk about what the Celtics have done, the long-term planning. I like where Brad Stevens' head's at. What about the competition? They've gotten better. The New York Knicks, huh? How about them? We'll talk about it all right now on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can't. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J team. Step back, we gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry OB. Corral is above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Rain and Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics pod, home of the winners. B. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics Podcast, right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day, and I get you covered every single day, Monday through Friday, with a free, fresh podcast that drops directly to your device. Bonus podcast when the Celtics play on weekends, like the Friday night game against the Washington Wizards. I will give you a bonus podcast, so make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts, everywhere podcasts exist. Also on YouTube, get into the comment section, let me know what you're thinking, especially today, because today is about the trade deadline and the Celtics making some moves, some for now, some for later. And uh, yeah, we'll talk about the league. We'll talk about everybody uh, in general, and we'll talk about it with Tom Westerholm. Tom, how are we doing today? I am good, man. I am ready to talk some trades, some slop as the internet, (laughs) As, as, as the term seems to be. Yeah, let's uh, let's get into this here because the uh, Celtics added Jaden Springer to the team on the deadline. It's a uh, it's a very interesting thing. First of all, it's funny. Every former Celtic, every single former Celtic was moved today. It's a very active Celtics day in the trade deadline in a way, and and also like uh, you know the Celtics only made a couple. I don't know minor moves. It's Minor moves, minor but minor but good. Like I like the moves, but yeah, I mean we're not talking, you know, yeah, like the good moves, but we're not talking about like, you know, a reinvention of the Celtics roster, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So Jaden Springer from Philly, which first of all is like, huh, Philly, interesting that Philly would make this move, and I was like tooling around on the interwebs and looking to see like, okay, what what's going on here, and some of the. Some of the uh, Sixers blogs were like, why would we make a move with Boston? Why are we making a move for a guy in Jaden Springer who is showing some promise defensively? Why would we give a guy, a good defensive guard to a main rival when we have a very good offensive guard in Tyrese Maxey? Why don't we give you the guy who might be able to defend him down the road? So you can see where people were going with this. Springer, the Bucks, the Bucks, incidentally, are like, yeah, why did we do that too? Yeah. What the heck? <laughs> so yeah, so let's start there with the Milwaukee Bucks making a move that got their best defender onto the Boston Celtics, and yeah. the Sixers making a move that, hey, who knows? Maybe history will determine that. This was their best defender to go to the Boston Celtics. Uh, Springer is young. He's 21 years old. We don't know what he's going to be, but uh, hey, he was the G League Finals MVP. Huh? That's something. 
Uh, he has he, he got some playing time especially recently, especially at that and- age. Especially at that age, I like G League final, G League MVP. Like, okay, whatever, sure. Like, you know, you're like if you're like a 27 year old G League, whatever, maybe you can play a role in the NBA. But it's like you're that young. It's like interesting. You know, it is interesting. Something. Look, he he stepped up, and um, oh, and now Brad Stevens will hold media availability tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. So that's gonna be <laughs> fun. We get to hear from Brad Stevens at 10 a.m. Uh, about all of this. Uh, so that's going to be uh, interesting. Well, I'll include that on tomorrow's podcast. That's great. So Springer, uh, yeah, it's look, it's still a pressure situation, right? It's, it's not the the best competition, but it's still, you, it's a, it's a playoff. It's something you're trying to win and other people are trying to win. So you perform well and and okay, that's, that's a good sign. It's a good little sign. Uh, he got some, some uh, increased playing time recently and did a, a good job defensively on Steph Curry. Did a good job defensively on Luka Doncic. Held his own. He's shown that he has uh, a uh, defensive ability that is ahead of his overall kind of place in the league. So, to me, Tom, this this is the, hey, maybe he gets a few minutes here uh, in a defensive lineup. Maybe they throw him in there if, if nothing else is working. But more so... He's a guy that the, the Sixers sold low and you, you have him, you now have Tillman who is not making a ton of money. They kind of sold low on Tillman and you got Jordan Walsh who you drafted in the second round that showing defensive kind of principles and a, a great work ethic and, and all of that stuff. I think what Brad Stevens has done is kind of set the bench up with inexpensive guys that have potentially elite an elite skill and other skills that you can work on so the cheap the cheap kind of useful guys that you need when your main guys are all super super expensive yes i think there's a lot of stuff that i really like about the jaden springer pickup and i think the really interesting one to me, right, is like, you know, you see kind of names floating around that are like, oh, maybe the Celtics could get this guy to help defensively. Maybe they could get this guy to help defensively. And I think a lot of those names, you look at your Caruso's or whoever it might be, one, going to be tough to get because they're highly in demand players, whatever. And and two, if you get a player of that caliber, then you start having to like reshuffle your rotation a little bit. And when you look at this Celtics team, I don't I, like I know there have been like minor slippages recently, but like. I just don't see much that needs to be reshuffled, at least when they're fully healthy. This is a really good team. So when you take somebody like Jaden Springer, to your point, now it's like, okay, minutes that, you know, like that, that just aren't, you know, like you take them or leave them a little bit. But if you if you take them, you're giving them to a guy who's really interesting, who's young and promising and, and brings some stuff to the table. Um, I really like that. I like that, that, that you know, when you go out and you – Delano Banton is not going to be in Boston anymore. Lamar Stevens is not going to be in Boston anymore. And yeah, like, like those guys, you know, brought something to the locker room. They weren't bad in their minutes by any stretch of the imagination, but they weren't guys who it's like, you, you don't look at Delano Banton and think to yourself, man, that guy might have a future with this team. James, yeah. you know, it's like Jaden Springer, like maybe. maybe, and 
it gives and it gives you that flexibility, right? Where you look into the offseason and it's like a Xavier Tillman, a Jaden Springer. If 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 you need to use some salary matching there, if you need to use like sweeten the pot a little bit on a deal or something like that, or if you have to make moves elsewhere, you know, like either way, you can kind of go either way with it. And you could say, mm-hmm. like, we have this guy on the bench that we kind of like and we want to take a, a closer look at, or you can say, you know, hey, we don't have a lot of use for this guy. We think he would, you know. We'll we'll add him to the deal, sweeten the pot a little bit. Either way, really good moves. And I, I really like that with Springer. I also, real quick, want to say that I didn't obnoxiously tweet it out, but you can search my tweets for tweets about high school Jaden Springer and thinking <laughs> that he was going to be a pretty good player because they're in there. I like that guy. I saw him at IMG Academy at the Hoop Hall Classic. Uh, big Jaden Springer guy. Been a big Jaden Springer guy for a minute. Um, well, I will this not doubt that. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's get analogy man in here to, uh, to kind of take us home <laughs> on this one. Uh, what's your take analogy, man? Well, to me, it's kind of like almost like Ikea furniture where you pay a little bit less, but you got to do a little bit more of the work yourself and <laughs> you pay, you, you could get fully assembled furniture. You could get a fully assembled NBA player like an Alex Caruso and pay a whole lot more. It's worth it. It's not as much work and, yeah. but it's going to cost you more. But you can get Ikea Alex Caruso, Jaden Springer, and say, well, you get the defense. Let's work up to the offense. Maybe you put a little bit of work into it and you put it together yourself. And that's what the Celtics developmental staff and the coaching staff is there for. And and this you is have kind screw of drivers. You can do this. You know how to do it, man. It comes with an instruction manual. You've all done it before. <laughs> you know how to do it. So you fix, you fix Jaden Springer's jump shot a little bit. You fix... Some of his decision making. You got coaches. You got good talent around him, and you don't need him to be uh, to grow into the next Jason Tatum. You need him to to grow into Alex Caruso. If he grew into Alex Caruso, I'll be like, oh my god, wow, that would be amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. who knows what his ceiling is? But the defense is there. The defense is at an NBA level, and I think. You know, Tillman obviously is is an elite level defender, or you know, yeah, I'd say an elite level defender. He's he's right there. Yeah. Um, and you hope that a guy like Jordan Walsh can develop into that. I don't want to go too crazy with him. He's a second round pick and it's his first year, but he he you hope that he can develop one elite thing over the course of his career. And it looks like the defense is gonna end up being the thing that if he gets there, that's that would be it. If yeah. you hit on that. Now you've got three guys that you know around Tatum and Brown. Like you don't need them to be super complete players. You need them to be elite at one thing, capable at something offensively, and then you're good because then that supports the main guys that are going to either defend a championship, win a championship, whatever. That's what you need. And that's, I said it in yesterday's podcast. I, I think for all of, Brad Stevens, like basketball acumen as a coach, he might be better at this job. This might be his, like, he's really damn good at this job. Really good at this. He's really good at it. Uh, You know, the Knicks were actually pretty good at this too. Yeah, man. I'm, I need a moment, man, because (laughs) the Knicks were very capable and the Knicks are the Knicks Boston's toughest competition now. We'll talk about that in just a second because, oh my God, mind-blowing. Today's show is brought to you by 
eBay Motors. eBay has partnered with Josh Lloyd of Lockdown Fantasy Basketball to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long, whether you're prepping for your daily draft or you're scouting the waiver wire. Uh, you're going to get these players here, potentially, that could be guaranteed to fit your roster. So here's what Josh Lloyd has picked out for us. Uh, Marvin Bagley, uh, he's going to be probably Washington's starting center after the Daniel Gafford trade. So post-trade deadline, these are the things that you're trying to pick up. Guys that maybe you didn't have before that all of a sudden, wow, there's an opportunity here. Like Osar, Osar Thompson, um, you know, the Pistons are uh, re retooling, let's say. Thompson could get into a, a, a bigger role with some of the, the players that are leaving there. Taylor Hendricks uh, is a possibility. Cody Martin uh, in Charlotte. Benedict Matherin. Now, that's an interesting one because we're, we'll talk about the Buddy Heel move to Philadelphia and what the, the Pacers are doing as well. But Matherin, who kind of was uh, kind of struggling a little bit, he could rejoin, uh, you know, regain what he had uh, last season and, and maybe kind of rekindle that. And so that, that's a potential, you know, sleeper pick there, um, uh, in Indiana. So check that out. Josh Lloyd from the lockdown fantasy basketball podcast is going to help you win your fantasy championship. eBay motors knows the championship team is all about players being a perfect fit. It's the same with your vehicle with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die. You can make sure your ride stays running smoothly, brake kits, led headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs. eBay motors has it. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit is only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Thanks for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. Go check out Locked On Sports today, the first ever 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Plenty of trade deadline talk, but also plenty of Super Bowl talk. Plenty of just... The college basketball is anything that you want. It's there 24 seven streaming on YouTube, put it on, leave it on. It's good. Honest to goodness, meaningful sports talk. That is interesting, not contrived. So go check that out wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Tom Westerholm, the New York Knickerbockers are, uh, have reloaded, retooled. They, now they just lost OG Ananobi. He had a, a, a procedure, that leaves them out for three weeks. So this is an interesting time for the Knicks, who since the Ananobi trade in the calendar year uh, 2024 have the most wins in the NBA, 16-3. and three. Uh, Who saw that coming? And now they make moves to add uh, Boyan Bogdanovich. They add uh, Alec Burks. They move. They get away from Evan Fournier, Malachi Flynn, Quentin Grimes, uh, Ryan Archdiakono. Uh, they, they have remade their bench. They've got shooters now. They've got potential scoring. They've needed some scoring. They've got uh, Julius Randle, who's playing at an all-star level. Uh, they've got Jalen Brunson, who's playing at an incredible level, an all-NBA level. Yes. Uh, the Knicks. So I like to play this game of real or fake on the Lockdown NBA podcast every Wednesday. I'll play a little bit of it with you. Real or fake the Knicks are now Boston's number one competition in the East. Real. I like them a lot. And I'm just not that impressed by everybody else. Like I'm so I don't I don't mean to be like disrespectful to like to Milwaukee. I, I know they, they literally just beat the Celtics by a, a thousand points, you know, like 
you know, the, the, you know, we, we, we've talked not, about that. No, like, yeah. Like I'm, it just doesn't move me. I'm sorry. Like they don't move me at all. Like they're, I don't know. They're, they're like, their, their roster is, is flawed. Their, their second best player they is like Patrick Beverly. They added Patrick Beverly at the deadline. Their defense is fixed. It's, it's yeah. Yeah. Fixed. It's uh, all good to go. Um, yeah, man. I, 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 and I think the Knicks, I think the Knicks are tough. I think you look at that Knicks team. There's a lot of like, there's a lot of counters to the Celtics. That's and that I think is 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 the biggest thing. Where it's like if you look at the Bucks, there are things that they just can't counter with the Celtics yeah. because they're always at any time when they have their second best player on the floor, they're going to have a guy the Celtics can go at. And over and over and over, the the playoffs have shown that when that's the case, it's a problem. The Knicks, I mean, like they got Brunson, and like you can go at Brunson for sure, but like. I don't know, man. They got some. They got some stuff. They got. They got some guys who can actually counter the Celtics. They. I mean, Ananobi's. Ananobi's really good. I, I love mm-hmm. the, the the pieces they added. I love the offense that they added. Um, I I like them. I think that they are. I think they're legitimate. Um, and and I think if I'm the Celtics, like, you know, I. I mean, can, can you imagine the Celtics Knicks Eastern Conference Finals? Like that would be wow. electric. Like that would be that would, so much fun. That would be. That would be amazing. Um, He's so good, dude. Oh my god, <laughs> that would drive so many people crazy if yeah. it was Celtics Knicks. Um, oh you know, <laughs> so when it comes to Milwaukee and and all of this, and I didn't even I'm mention cool. Philly because I just don't know if Embiid's coming back. But yeah, okay. So yeah, so Philly Philly adds Buddy Healed. And uh, what else have they uh, drawing a blank on what else they did? Um, they, but they didn't do much. They didn't do much. Uh, so they, they added, they added a shooter who, if Embiid comes back, that's going to be, you know, dangerous, right? You put, yeah. you put a shooter like that on Embiid side of the floor. How do you, what do you do? So, but I agree that between now and, and whenever that comes around, Philly's going to drop in the standings. So it's, it's really the Cavs, the Bucks, and the um, New York Knicks. And I, I don't know that they, the, the Bucks got Patrick Beverly and, and anybody with any defensive ability is going to help, but you're also pinning a little bit on Patrick Beverly to be us and that's not somebody that is particularly trustworthy at this stage of his career. You know, some yeah. games he'll he'll be great and some games he'll completely suck. I still I think Doc Rivers can shore up a, at least one weakness which is their transition defense because he just wants everybody to get back. So, he can help them fix the transition defense. Maybe you go with Patrick Beverly and you you in certain situations maybe you have a slightly improved half court defense, depending situationally, you still have Giannis. You still have, uh, you know, Chris Middleton, who just keeps getting hurt. Uh, obviously, you have Dame, who, like you said, is a liability on defense and and can be problematic in the playoffs. It's still it's still a team with Giannis that I don't want to count out. No, you know, certainly not, certainly not. And the Knicks for all of their regular season success. I don't know about Julius Randle in the playoffs. I don't know about Jalen Brunson. 
necessarily in the playoffs just because he can get targeted and that that could make him you know he could have a great game but he could be also like a wash you know like plus minus he could be like plus 0.5 and then then, then you've done your job so yeah. i but you're right when you sometimes that's just putting the right players around these guys because adding the shooting like you, they they can just score a bunch of points and yeah. and hang with you if brunson needs to pass then he passes if he whatever now you've got and and look mitchell robinson could be coming back soon so there's a lob threat right. there's vertical spacing there they're dangerous so am, am i ready to say they are the number one threat to boston i don't think i'm there but they are they are like it's only because i i trust milwaukee and Giannis more than i trust new york and randall so I think that's fair. Here, the, the the reason I would say the Knicks above the Bucks, realistically, like Giannis is a, like super, you know, super duper star. No disrespect at all to Giannis. My thing is that Ananobi gives like the the Knicks a way to counter Jason Tatum, a way to slow Jason Tatum somewhat consistently, and that's to me it's it's more about that. That's more the way because if you can if you can slow Tatum, if you can mess him up, if you can you know bother him. And you know, kind of prevent him from going off. The Celtics can still win games, but it just it, that, that degree of difficulty just gets so much higher. And I just don't know that I feel like the Bucks have that consistent like one-on-one guy who can, who can do that to Tatum, like or like or, you know. Um, whereas I think if you if you look at the guys that the Celtics can throw at Giannis and, and you know the, the ways that they can try to slow him down. I mean, like look, like Al Horford's not gonna. Not gonna not gonna stop him entirely, but yeah, historically he's made it harder on him. Like you know, Tillman's another big body who can kind of stand in the way and do do yeah. that kind of thing. That um, like I think that like the Bucks might still uh, like might still be the better team than the Knicks because you know they they have you know one of the two or three greatest basketball players on earth. Like that's yeah. that's saying a lot. But I just I think the way that the Knicks can slow down the Celtics' best player in a way that is probably sustainable. Or, or like that, that could be sustainable over the course of a series. Um, that makes them the bigger threat to me, um, just purely from a matchup standpoint, I guess. I think one of my biggest takeaways here is that Kristaps Porzingis is just going to be so massively important in a series it, it, against the Knicks. Yeah, he's he's just gonna with with if it's Mitchell Robinson or if it's Isaiah Harnstein, it's it's just going to be what does Porzingis do to that defense. That's that's going to be the key, and it, it, like honestly, Porzingis is just critically important to the Celtics. It's just you know it, it doesn't have to be in this particular matchup. He he's going to be against Milwaukee, Brook Lopez. He's just going to be critically important in that situation. Uh, if they don't if they don't have him for any stretch of a series, that's going to be a big problem. If they if he's healthy throughout a playoff run, then then the Celtics are the favorite. And it might boil more than anything. It might boil down to that. Uh, let's continue this conversation. Maybe some of this other, we'll look at some of the other teams here where things stack up in the NBA because uh, yeah, it was an interesting trade deadline. We'll talk about that all in just a second. Today's show brought to you by Nissan. Are you the kind of driver that likes to push things a little bit further? Ever wonder what adventure could be around the next corner? Well, our friends at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capabilities to take your adventure to the next level, like the 2024 Nissan Rogue, 
which is perfect for city drives and great escapes. Class exclusive Google built-in is your always updating assistant to call on for almost anything. You don't have to connect your phone because Google Assistant, Google Maps, and the Google Play Store are all built right into the 12.3-inch HD screen infotainment system. The 2024 Rogue is the perfect midsize cross crossover for your next adventure. Or you can go the other way with the 2024 Nissan Armada, which will change what you expect from a full-size SUV. Picture a rugged 4x4 that can seat up to eight in first-class luxury and style, tow bigger, and explore further in the 2024 Armada. Take the Nissan Rogue, the Nissan Pathfinder, the Classic, and the Nissan Armada. Any one of those three, and go find your next big adventure at shopnissanusa.com. Thanks for making Lockdown Celtics your first listen every day. Go check out Lockdown NBA, like I was talking about before. I host it on Wednesdays, but they're going to be covering the big stories here. Get their take on what the Knicks look like. Maybe a little more unbiased take on what the Knicks are like. Um, so go check that out there. It's going to be a fun show there on Locked On NBA. Let's get back to the conversation here uh, with Tom. And um, so the, the the Sixers have, you know, they're, they're kind of out of it. The Cavs didn't do anything. The East seems to be Boston, uh, Milwaukee, and New York. Um, I'm I'm very curious. This summer, the Oklahoma City Thunder. So they get they get Gordon Hayward. First, first of all, all of these former Celtics have were traded to like uh, Gordon Hayward, uh, Marcus Morris, Evan Fournier. I'm 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 not even going to remember all of them. Uh, on top of all the guys the Celtics traded away, uh, Grant Williams. Grant, ugh, poor Grant Williams. Are, yeah, are, we, are we sad or happy for Grant Williams? Because he, he, he like the, the Dallas thing didn't work out. He got his money yeah. and now he's going home. I think I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a little sad for him just because, like, um, just because, like, it, it, like, it isn't going well, you know, like, it, like, that's, that's, that's tough, but, yeah. um, but it, you know, yeah, it is nice that he gets to go home. That's, you know, it's, yeah, sure. sure. Um, honestly, I was kind of sad. Uh, I, I believe it was ball is life retweeted, um, Marcus Morris in uh, like, like some, uh, some, he, he was doing something in, in Philadelphia and he was getting all choked up about how, like, you know, he's, he's from North Philadelphia and how, you know, th this is his home and he's so happy to be here and he's so happy to be. And then like, you know, you traded away. I, I, I always yeah. liked Marcus Morris as like personally, so I felt yeah. bad for him too. I don't think he's a bad person. I think he's just like I, I liked mean, him. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's a good dude. Uh, who else got traded? A Kelly Olynyk to Toronto. Yes, Toronto stocking right. up on Canadians. They're just going full national pride. Uh, Canada yeah. first up with the Toronto Raptors, man. Um, and then, uh, <laughs> so okay, but I'm. Very curious as to what the Oklahoma City Thunder are going to do. They get Gordon Hayward, and he's a big salary. He surely is. And they don't need a big salary necessarily. They don't need him. Like in the short term, it's a veteran. It's, you know, somebody yeah. that, you know, that could help. It's a young team. So, yeah, but that's that's fine. You get um, you get Gordon Hayward, who I, I mean he's 
unrestricted. You can get it. You can get a veteran who can help a young team for a lot cheaper than Gordon Hayward is, though. Like, yeah, you get Gordon Hayward. Feels like you're. Uh, it feels like you're cooking something. It does feel like you're cooking something. Thirty-one and a half million dollars plus. You look at down the line, all of the younger guys that they can stack up. That adds mm-hmm. up to be able to match something something big and mm-hmm. before the before the before the year is over so the regular season is going to end but there's a period of time during the playoffs here's my bold prediction the regular season will end and the playoffs will become one of the busiest trade times that we've ever seen it'll be the busiest kind of postseason pre-next calendar year. So while the playoffs are going on, I bet you we see see like five or six trades because teams are going to start moving guys away to get under the second apron and stuff like that, setting themselves up for when the the league year flips. And that's where still having Gordon Hayward at 31 and a half million still on your roster because his season isn't over uh, I think there's a place. I, I think they're cooking something. I think they're cooking something. I just don't know what it is. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to say that out loud. Uh, yeah. No, I buy in. I agree. Buyout guys. Everybody wants to talk about buyouts. Is there anybody that got waived today? Uh, like a, a Killian Hayes. Uh, somebody. Is there anybody on that market? Daniel House. Daniel uh, House. That you might yeah. be like. Uh, hey, this is interesting. The Celtics have an open roster spot. You think there's anybody out there that could be yeah, su- surprisingly uh, helpful for a buyout guy? I mean, you could look at House, right? Like that's that's the name that a lot you know multiple contenders are interested in, like that kind of thing. I I don't hate I don't hate the idea of like a flyer, right? Like you know, kind of a even more of a flyer than Jaden Springer. Like if you I don't know if you thought that your development staff could do something with Killian Hayes. You could take a swing. I my thing with like I think Brad could certainly, you know, make a move on something. I think I think he wanted. It seems like he wanted to keep some flexibility open. Certainly, um, but to me, I it like I don't mean to be like a broken record or like boring or something like that. But like I don't know. Nah, like. <laughs> You, you got like a full, you got a great roster. You, you got a, you got a lot in front of you. The, the buyout guys just don't interest me that much for that, for that reason specifically. I just don't think any of them are coming. None, certainly none of them are cracking the rotation. Um, you know, like maybe you can shore something up that needs shoring up, but frankly, I don't know. You've got a pretty short up roster at this stage. Like things are, things are pretty complete as, as they stand. So, um, you know, if to me, I would almost, if, if I'm, you know, if I'm if I'm Brad Stevens, I, I don't know. Maybe reward one of your two way guys. Like, give Kata some. You mm-hmm. know, like you, you might not need him, but like, hey, he's been a pretty good little piece. Like, pretty good big piece, I guess. But like, you know, <laughs> like, he, he, you know, he's been useful. I don't know. You could yeah. reward him with like a full time contract, something like that. I personally would rather do that. But um, yeah, yeah, I don't know, man. There's like I, I will never question what Brad is. Brad is up to at this point. He is. Uh, He's on a heater. I trust. I just trust Brad kind of implicitly. It's he's earned. He's earned that trust. It's like I said this recently about Derek White. 
where he just makes so many plays. So that that take foul that I obsessed over, um, I forget the the game there where was it the Pacers or something where he took he, he they they turned the ball over and he took the take foul and got everybody all set up because they he knew they had one to give and I'm like man that's like a so, minute left yeah that's so smart it was like 45 seconds left I'm like that is so yeah. damn smart to be like the situational awareness so my whole point was this guy keeps making these smart plays that I'm like the when you make smart play after smart play after smart play then I am inclined to just be like, here's the ball. Go do something. I trust you implicitly because you have shown me nothing but the capacity to make smart plays like 99% of the time. Brad Stevens is the exact same way in the front office. And like, just like Derek White, like he makes a turnover, he's going to end up making up for it in the, you know, on the other end of the floor. He's going to do a chase down block or something like, uh, Brad Stevens whiffed on Dennis Schroeder. So he traded him in season. It was like, okay, my bad. Boom. He's gone. Right. Yeah. Like, and, and it worked and he got Derek white. Like that's where he got Derek. Yeah. White. So yeah. the, at this point, I'm, I'm my natural reaction is, Oh, Brad Stevens made a move. Okay. Why is this a great move? Because <laughs> it's probably a yeah. great move. And I'm like, yeah. if I don't understand what Brad Stevens did, then I'm just going to assume that I'm missing something because Brad has to know what the hell he's doing. There's nothing that he's done that I'm like, oh, well, Brad's an idiot. Here, Here's Brad's misstep. Like, nope, nope. Freaking peerless right now. Yep. So. He, he puts a lot of thought into things, man. He is a thoughtful dude. And uh, you see that in the roster. You see that, you know, in the, the, the salary situation, in the – um, in the, the way that he's built a contender. Yeah. He's, uh, he, he's, he's, he's for real about this team building stuff. He's very good. That's right. So, um, uh, we'll see. I don't know if they're going to add a buyout. I got a question online. Uh, Philip O'Connor asked, uh, if I could explain how buyouts work on the podcast. So here it is. Um, player makes, you know, whatever money he makes, they can negotiate to get bought out. It's whatever amount of money that he wants to could be the full thing could be like, he could say, I want all my money. And if the team just doesn't want that guy around, they could be like, okay, here, here's all your money. Go whatever he signs with somewhere else often the minimum that gets prorated out of what the former team owes. Sometimes they just do that. Um, they, why do they do that? Sometimes you, you don't want to mess with an agent and you say, okay, we're going to do your client a favor. You know, when you have an, another client that we might want to sign, make sure we get the meeting, right? Because we're doing right by you. So that's kind of the whole thing. Players players don't have to get bought out. They can ask to get bought out. Um, they can refuse a buyout. But if a team says, well, we're cutting you anyway, then technically that's sort of like a buyout, but they're just giving them all his money. Right. Um, so that is generally how a buyout works. To, like Tom says to me, I'm, I want to buy out. And I say, okay, uh, we'll give you 75% of your contract. You can go out and get whatever, and if that's cool, then it's cool. If that's a, it's all a negotiation after that. Whatever you pay stays on the books. You can do like a wave and stretch, and that can like it's twice the amount of time left on the contract plus a year. You can spread that hit out over the contract uh, over over time. Uh, but that whole process happens. They go off, and that's why these guys always 
end up getting minimums. And that's why they set up this deal where they don't want great teams like Boston to get buyout guys that get bought out of $30 million deals and might still be useful to come in on minimums. So that's, that's why that rule is in place. I hope that explains it. I'm thankful for Tom for just sitting there and listening to me yap and uh, pretending to be interested in something he already knows. You got it right. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. All right. That's it. We're done here. Uh, thanks, Tom. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you all, too, for listening, for watching. Again, this is the Monday through Friday show. So this is the Friday show. There will be a Saturday show, which I will record after the Celtics presumably beat the Wizards. But I don't want to get too confident because you never know. Tatum is questionable for that. I doubt he'll play. This is part of the Celtics uh, rest uh, resting series. Uh, kind of what I thought they would do the other day. Give him some time off, a uh, few extra days. So that's probably going to happen. Uh, I will do a podcast afterwards. So make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, would love it if you're on the YouTube page. Leave it. Leave your comments in the comment section. Let me know what you think about what the Celtics did over the trade deadline here. What you think of Brad Stevens? Are you as confident in him as I am? And share the podcast, spread the word, tell everybody they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day.